Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Welcome, Taco Tuesday Army. Um, Glenn's got his Red Bull. I, uh, yet again, do not have one because my wife comes into the office sometimes and catches me. Today's, today's episode is sponsored by Red Bull. Gives you wings. Also, guys, um, I'd love to hear if you had to pick between the Blazers or the Jazz. I, I had to match Christian with his NBA hat. Who would you pick and why? And and why is my hat? Tell me why my hat's better than his. Let me know. Let me know in the comments. Take take <laughs> note. Take note, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we got some Rudy Gobert up in here, right? Blocking everyone's shot and being a massive. liability, being a liability in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. I think it was. I think it was the playoffs last year there someone I think an announcer said he looks like a giraffe on skates and I <laughs> <laughs> ever since I heard that I can never get it out of my head dude he really did I will never forget the bubble year oh, they go into the, the bubble. bubble they go into the, the bubble. bubble the sun's in the bubble bro. Yeah. bubble oh. suns that's where it started but um but but um you know, they, they lost to Denver when they were should have won the series. The Jazz lost to Denver. Like, they were, like, favored in the series. And Jamal Murray goes from averaging, like, 18 points a game to, like, 35 or some shit because they keep putting <laughs> Gobert in pick and, and, and switch it, getting them in switching situations, yeah. and he can't guard anybody on the perimeter. So, like, he becomes unplayable in the playoffs. Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden, Jamal Murray is like Steph Curry. You know, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, have, have you heard the name Jamal Murray since the bubble? I haven't. Like, yeah, yeah I really, like, I really can't say. What, what is going on? You know, like, so, and then every year people figure it out. They're like, oh, we can take these like, you know, semi good players, and all of a sudden they are Michael Jordan when Gobert's on them if we get him on switch switch situations. So, um, I'm I'm very concerned. I'm not very optimistic, guys. I think. Um... I feel like we have to start like a second podcast, an NBA podcast now. <laughs> My God, if, if if I had more time, I would you totally. You've got so much time. Me. Don't lie to me. Don't lie <laughs> to me. You don't work. You don't work for a living. <laughs> Christian's a workaholic, you guys. That was a joke. I don't know if you know that. He's never not working. Mm-hmm. You guys, I haven't, time- been to a, I haven't been to a jazz game in five years. No. What? Bro, I went to a Blazers game 
like two months ago. What are you saying? I live 20 minutes from the arena. I live two hours from the arena. (laughs) (laughs) It's been five years. I can find you the last picture of me at a jazz game. Last time I was there, I don't even look like the same person anymore. Bro, that's mandatory. You have to go to a jazz game this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your your butt if you don't go to my wife doesn't like to go either, so that doesn't help. She never wants to go. I guess your buddy's flying in. Yeah, I mean I have I have friends I can go with here, but like they're always like, oh you don't have you don't have friends. It's okay. I'm your only friend. (laughs) I get it. That's totally fine. That's okay. I understand. I'll fly in. (laughs) Yeah. Um Taco Tuesday, guys. Um yes. Welcome. Let's let's have a conversation here. Okay, so probably one of the most anticipated episodes for me personally in a long time. I mean, I love every episode we do, but I'm just I'm so in love with this topic and I got to watch myself because the compliance police are going to come get me if I don't. Um, They're always watching. They're always waiting. And um, they don't write business. They are. <laughs> oh my gosh. I already did it. I already messed I'm it gonna up. I'm going to sign out of this episode. I'm just going to be a solo Christian episode. Um, no, this is a really important topic, you guys. So at the, if you notice at the start of the episode, I did the police sirens. Um, that wasn't just because I'm a six-year-old child on the inside. It's because that's today's topic is the compliance police, the people, the agents. Uh <laughs> The agents who, you know, there's, we, so off air, right? Chris and I talked, we talked about topics and we're going to talk about, and this, you know, this topic came up and we were kind of talking about some examples um, of, of scenarios and situations that we've seen. Um, And we want to, we want to discuss this publicly because um, the, the truth is, the truth of the matter is there's some of you out there who might be watching or listening to this, who we have seen try to ruin someone else's career because they believe they're in compliance violation when they don't know they're making an accusation without having all the information so i'm now going to turn my time over to christian christian tell us about i mean an example of the compliance police and when it's upset you um, with the risk of getting myself in more trouble after the first 30 <laughs> seconds of the topic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, there, it's it's a thing, guys. It's a real thing. It's a problem, in my opinion. Um, the cancer. It's, it's definitely a cancer. Like, here's the facts when it comes to compliance. And I, God, hope I don't get any grief over this episode, but I think I'm going to. Many things when it comes to compliance are gray areas. That's a lot of things are not black and white. There are some things that are black and white. For example, someone has to sign their own app. That's black and white. You need do to get a scope though? of appointment. With do Medicare they though? Care. Do they? Or can an agent, you know what's wild about this topic though? Is I feel like I've seen an agent ask if they can sign on behalf of a Bennett. Have you seen that question before? I unfortunately that, have. Yeah, that blows my mind. That's one of the, like, like you said, black, it's one of those, it's like, really? You think you could just start signing for, oh, <laughs> my client would be cool with it. I'm just, no, nah, I'll just sign it. Yeah. You no, have to get no. scopes is another one. Yes. Um, in the proper fashion. Um, but there's a lot of things, guys, where like, 
there's gray areas because things are not like anything with the government, right? It's the same thing as like, I would, I would, I would associate it with, with, with tax law almost. The reason why there's tax accountants is because there's so much gray area and things that we don't understand with tax law to where like one accountant might interpret something a certain way and another accountant might interpret it completely differently because the government puts together these super, you know, um, complex systems. Convoluted. Convoluted. And, um, and compliance in our industry and a lot of industries are very similar to that. There are things that like, it's, it's difficult to say, like, there's a reason why all major FMOs and IMOs have, especially in the Medicare world, have their own compliance department. Because, and, and, you know, you can talk to one FMO and say, hey, can I use this marketing piece? One will say, no, that's not compliant. Another will say, go for it. Yeah, that works. Like, there's gray that goes on there for one. And a lot of you guys are dramatically worried about compliance more than you should be. Now you should be compliant. You should always try to do the right thing. But in my opinion, I think that you shouldn't obsess over it. Like there's people that are terrified to sell Medicare Advantage because they're afraid of breaking some kind of rule. 100%. That's ridiculous to me. Um, That's very real. That's very, very real. I know many agents who are like, I will never sell Medicare, which I get it. It's one thing, if it's a business strategy and you're just deciding I'm going to focus on this instead, but to be scared that you're going to get in trouble or get fined or lose your license, like that's absurd, guys. That really yeah. is crazy. My, my This is my view on compliance, you guys. And it always has been. Like I said, there's a couple of things that is clear black and white. You should just know better, right? It's just common sense. Um. Outside of that, you should always try to do what's in the best interest of your customer. You should try to do a great job. You should try to provide a great service. And I feel like if you do that, you're typically going to be fine. Um, I really do believe that. Um, and I think, but, but back to the topic that you were talking about, because that's kind of a yeah. separate thing um, about agents really trying to report other agents, like they hear it they hear it secondhand from their client or their prospect, right? About kind of yeah. what happened, what's going on. They're talking to someone that's maybe 79 years old, having memory issues, and they're I'm not sorry. getting the full I'm story. Sorry to laugh, but no, you're, you're, you're 100%. I'm laughing just because it's crazy that an agent ever does this. But I'm, that's why I'm laughing. Like, it's so obvious to me. But I'm, I'm sorry, continue. No, you're right, though. Like, it's yeah, ridiculous. Because, it's like, crazy. It's you crazy. You weren't there. You weren't there. You weren't there. You're hearing one side of the story. I've had clients that I've sold policies to before that I actually had a complaint against me in the last three months. And I'll, I won't tell you with who or too many details, but it was basically came back and said that um, there was no evidence I did anything wrong. That was the conclusion. Just wrapped it up last right. month, actually, in January. Right. Um, I always tell people, if you do this business long enough, you will have compl- a complaint against you. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that you can literally do everything perfectly. And there's still a high probability that at some point you're going to get in trouble or someone's going to say you did something that maybe you didn't. What, what, what happened in this scenario was... Um, I met face-to-face with a prospective customer and he was under the impression that I told him that the Medicare Advantage plan that we set him up with 
had no copays on anything, which is outrageous and asinine. And I never would say that to anybody. You know, it wasn't any type of situation. He didn't have Medicaid, nothing like that. He was just a regular MAPD guy. Um, and so it just, it was ridiculous. You know, I mean, I've never told a client that I was no reason to tell a client that, but he didn't make his complaint until maybe seven or eight months after I sold him the policy. Right. So he had the policy for seven or eight months before he made the complaint. He made the complaint during AEP and another agent could have very easily stepped into that situation, heard that Christian Brindle did that and be like, Christian Brindle, I know him. What a jackass. Let's go He's get a him. Scammer. Yeah. And then you're coming after me for something that, and this guy was 84, by the way. Like he, he didn't even remember my name. He had to call the carrier to get my name. Right. Um, despite us sending him birthday cards and everything like that, you know, we kept in touch with him. He just, he didn't remember. He didn't remember me within a week after talking to me. Like that was kind of the situation here. An agent very well could have stepped into that situation. And maybe they did. Maybe that's why he reported me. Maybe that's how he knew to report me. Um, but an agent could have stepped in, heard that side of the story and been like, oh yeah, well, we're not going to let that guy get away with that. And if you could have been a fly in the wall in the appointment, you'd been like, oh, that didn't happen. That's not the truth. And there's a million situations that happen every day just like that because we're dealing with the senior population. 100%. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just part of the business, right? So uh, I'll talk on the life side, right? I'll talk about what I've seen. Um, and, and again, like you can't, can't jump to the conclusion, you guys, that you know what happened with that agent. Um, and the one on the final expense side that used to be the biggest buzzword ever. I don't feel like I see it as much, but clean sheeting, right? Clean sheeting. What's clean sheet? Clean sheeting would be a field agent, right? An insurance agent's going in, they're trying to sell final expense or trying to sell life insurance policy. It's non-medical. So they're not having to go through a, a medical exam. And as a field underwriter, you're supposed to go through the questions, right? Obviously, based on those health questions, it's going to drastically change the premium. It's also going to change whether someone even qualifies for a policy or not, right? So, you know, smoking is a great example. Are they a smoker? Or are they a non-smoker? Oh, well, they quit six months ago. Oh, well, they're telling me they're going to quit tomorrow. Um, you know, so then you, you mark the app. So now, is it possible that the client is lying to the agent about their health? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've had people lie to me about their health. I, I, it's me unbelievable. Too. Me too. Uh, I like, and, and sometimes it's out of ignorance. Again, I want to give the client the benefit of the doubt, the, the prospect, right? Sometimes they don't realize that the pill they're taking is for congestive heart failure. It's a water pill. I'm taking a water pill. No, that's for congestive heart failure. <laughs> you really don't qualify for anything or if you qualify for something it's a graded policy etc right so so what again to kind of bring this full circle of what i've seen before is well um you know i just found a client who is a smoker and you know well glenn wrote the policy as a non-smoker glenn clean sheeted the app glenn lied i'm going to complain to the department of insurance it's like, well, you know, what if they told Glenn that they were not smoking? 
what if they're an on again, off again smoker? People, people do that all the time, right? People quit and then they start smoking again, right? I think a majority of people that quit that happens probably more than actually end up quitting. Exactly. So to jump to the conclusion in a scenario like that, where you're, uh, you're so far down the road where you're like, I'm going to get this other agent's license terminated because I feel they did something unethical. You just don't, you, you don't have enough information to do that. It takes a full scale investigation. I can tell you what the Department of Insurance does. Again, just being in the industry as long as I have and talking to as many agents as I do, if a complaint happens and the Department of Insurance takes it seriously and they think it's legitimate, they're going to launch an investigation that can sometimes take months or years before they pass judgment, mind you. So why would you think as an insurance agent, you get to pass judgment immediately without doing any type of investigation beyond your own information that you've received, most likely from a senior who does have the potential of being senile, like Christian already said. I mean, it's, it's just absurd, you guys. It really is. I, I would hope all of you give each other the benefit of the doubt before jumping to the conclusion that another agent is honestly out there just trying to scam people. Now, the flip side, I think we should talk about is yes, there are there are some unethical agents, right? Sure. And that, that should be discussed as well. This, <laughs> this is for the compliance police who are right, right? Yeah. For the compliance police that need a new hobby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, guys. Um, there's certainly unethical agents out there. I've seen a couple of them. I'll share a quick story with you guys. Yeah. I don't know if this guy was unethical, but he was just an asshole. Um, so it's a good story. So story time. So my second or third year in the business in one of our rural counties, maybe two or three hours outside of Salt Lake, they had one Medicare Advantage plan, one. And what happened was the carrier, it was a $0 premium. For, the carrier pulled out the plan canceled everybody in the county. It was the only option, just so you know. And then they put another plan in that had a $40 premium. You'd think that maybe it just would make more sense to just raise the premium, but they didn't do that. There's something in the star ratings or something like that that is why they do those things. It's not right. just that they're crazy, um, but they did that. And people didn't automatically get the new plan, right? They had to re-enroll in this plan. And if I got to them before their agent did, I win. I'm the agent. Right. It's treated as a new enrollment. <laughs> um, it was a great opportunity. It was a wonderful AEP. Like I sold, I, I, I went up, this was before I did things over the phone. I got a hotel in this little small town and I was, you know, right in the middle of everything in the counties that were affected. I spent about two weeks up there during AEP in a hotel and I, you know, put a majority of my marketing into it. This is a great opportunity, by the way, guys, if there's ever planned cancellations in your area, so the people have to change. But this was just like a, you know, something fell out of heaven because that was the only plan in the county. That doesn't happen every day. Um, and I, I got to this guy's client and I wrote it, I took it. And um, the agent came like a week later and called me at the office. And he had the client call me at the office to get through my, to get past, you know, the front desk person to get to me. And then as soon as they got me on the phone, he took the phone from the client and started screaming at me in front of the client by the way. And he's at the house and he's cursing at me. He's like, you MFR. MFR. Like, Can you clarify? I'm not sure if our viewers want to get demonetized, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's, he's, he's screaming at me, F bombs, this, that, you know, he's like, you're an asshole. 
You know, you tricked him into doing this. You tricked him. And um, basically, you know, the guy was just a complete jerk. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to help you take the business away from me. I'm like, you should know what to do because there was something he could have done. Um, could have had the client pull the app, call the carrier, pull the app, put in a new app, and he would have won. I still have the client to this day, by the way. Boom. Um, I haven't talked to the client since either. Um, <laughs> this was six, seven years ago or something like that. I'm, I'm still getting renewals. It's on the commission statement every month. Um, beautiful, happy ending to the story. But anyway, um, what, hap- what happened with this guy, what I found out with anybody that's going to act like that, and this I heard it with my own ears, you know, I know it's crazy. This guy got in trouble locally here and lost his license for he committed some kind of fraud. I don't know exactly what it is. Sometimes you can just see people are, you know, bad dude. Um, And if you feel like one of your clients is legitimately being taken advantage of, and it's a situation where you can actually see it, right? Like you had, it's not hearsay, or you can see some real evidence of it. It's not just, you know, he said, she said kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you should instruct them into making the report. I always tell agents, you never want to report an agent yourself, though, because yeah. the, the, the Department of Insurances and, you know, CMS and the carriers, they don't take it very seriously when us agents report each other because it's looked at as like we're in a pissing match. Yeah, which nine times out of 10, I'd say it probably is a pissing match, right? Right. Um, they'll take it more seriously if it comes from your client. They're not going to take it very seriously if it comes from you. I've had new agents be like, who should I send this to? I'm like, I'm like, you should send it to your trash can. <laughs> like, just drop it. Wait, what's you know, the I email mean, for my trash can? Trash, <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm like, you should just not even worry about it. I'm like, if it's something that you really feel like happened and you had, you know, without a doubt it happened. Tell your client to contact the carrier. Tell their client to contact this person, that person or that department. Don't ever try to do it yourself. It's not going to go anywhere and it's not, it's just going to get ignored. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of regulation. Um, there has to be some type of regulation. I mean, life insurance, insurance in general is a regulated product, right? Um, so when it comes to compliance, it's a necessary evil at the end of the day. Like we do have to have some rules in place. Otherwise it would be anarchy. Um, another case that comes to mind that's in favor of the compliance police of the people who um, you know, I don't know all the details of how it all shook out, but there's this famous story that always gets brought up in the annuity world in California. It was a life insurance agent that essentially um, either lied or just really didn't do their due diligence as far as, I'm, t- I'm totally blanking on the term, right? What's it called when they have to process their, their financial, what? Was it like they disclosed that they're getting paid? Is that what you mean? At any time a beneficiary goes through an annuity or any type of financial product, they have to go through, it's not due diligence, but it's like due diligence. What am I blanking on the term? It's killing me. Tracy (laughs) Lonesbury would punch me in the gut right now for not knowing. Me too. (laughs) I know. It's financial disclosure. There's a term for it, you guys. My brain's tired at this point in the day, but you have to, you have to financially suitability. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Tracy. I remembered it. Suitability, right? So every client is supposed to go through suitability. That's essentially the proper financial disclosure. And, and basically it's saying like, 
you're not hurting this person financially by putting them into this financial product, right? There was an agent in California. Um, I don't know if it was a serial thing or just a one-off, but essentially they lied about suitability or they, they fudged suitability to get a senior into an annuity and it was a felony and they ended up going to jail. No, it, it was a big deal. You know, a life insurance agent that went to jail for committing fraud. So, you know, in the devil's advocate, the other side of this is if you are seeing something like that, where someone's getting hurt, someone's being lied to, or, or, or if someone went from, I think here's one that's obvious to me, especially on, again, on the life side is when they go from a great product to a significantly worse product, right? Um, when someone goes from a, uh, you know, a life insurance, let's say final expense, right? You guys, for all the final expense agents out there, you go from a level premium amount that's $40, you know, I'm just going to make something up $40 a month for $10,000 in immediate coverage. And then you have another final expense agent come in, they cancel their old policy, and then they sell them graded coverage, which means the policy isn't 100% in effect for, you know, one or two or even three years, depending on the carrier. And then they're usually paying more for less coverage. Now they're paying $80 a month for six grand in coverage, right? So, you know, there's situations like that where it's a big red flag. You, you should encourage your client to reach out to the carrier, potentially the Department of Insurance. I mean, if it's a really bad situation, yeah, maybe the authorities do need to get involved. But again, that's in my opinion, from what I see among agents, you know, in the network, it, it seems like that's the exception to the rule. It's that, usually that, not that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that for every story that I hear about, and I don't know for sure, none of us really know for sure, unless you're like individually involved with all these situations, but it appears to me that it's probably an eight out of 10 situation where eight out of 10 times, it's just he said, she said, and yep. there's no evidence of anything. And guys, I know this happens a lot with your clients. They will change to something and they'll be too embarrassed to admit it. Oh, all the, I've seen that before too. They know they did it. They remember doing it. There's a recording out there of them saying yes. Yeah, the right? carrier. Yeah. The carrier or with the call center that signed them up or whatever. Yep. yep. Um, and, you know, and, and, and outside of that, you know, even if, maybe they don't remember and it's not that situation. They probably just forgot. Right. I mean, that does happen. I mean, I have seen very few situations where someone's just enrolling somebody without their consent. Like there's a lot of people, every, a lot of seniors that get changed on their plans, they'll, they'll say for one of those two reasons, usually that they didn't agree to it or they didn't say it or whatever the case might be. That happens a lot probably less than 5% of the time, if I had to just put a number on it, right? 75% of all statistics are made up on the spot, but, um, but, and so I'm, 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 I'm following the rule, but if I had to guess, I'd say probably 5% of the time, it's actually that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely the minority. If, if every, if the majority of agents were out there committing fraud, I mean, come on, that, that would be on the news, you know, like right. that's, Yeah. And, it, and, and also, minor. you know, I mean, all the regulations we have now that agents might not like, right? Scopes, for example, 
Um, they're there because enough people messed up and they felt like they had to put that regulation into effect. They're not there just because they're being big meanies. You know, I, I think another meanies. thing, <laughs> I think another thing worth mentioning here too is there's a lot of like brand new agents, guys. They get their license. They're out in the field immediately. They don't know anything about what they're doing because their upline never trained them. Yeah. And yeah, they go in and they do something that's 100% non-compliant. I have seen that a ton. And again, in that scenario, I, I can't really blame the agent, even though technically, yes, the liability falls on that agent. But in that scenario, I'm blaming the upline. You know, they've had their license for a month. <clears throat> they didn't get proper training. They're selling products that they have no idea how they work. I mean, come on, we're gonna we're gonna call the police. <laughs> we're gonna nine one one. Like, come on. Uh, I I think again, if you want to receive the benefit of the doubt in a situation where you may have messed up, um, I think you should offer that same courtesy to other agents. I agree. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I think. You know, it's something we could talk about a lot longer, but I think it's, um, you know, I think, I think that's just a really good, even balanced perspective on it. You yeah. Know, both sides of it. Both sides of the coin. Um, yeah, guys. I mean, I, I, I've been there. I've been that agent. That's like, you know, I, I used to email my carrier reps, be like, this guy did this, like when I was younger and, and nothing ever happened. You know why? It's because they don't give a uh, f-bomb would i say because <laughs> it's from their perspective they're like i'm that they, they, they you know they just took one of christian's clients he's just grumpy that's what yeah. they're literally thinking yeah no i agree email. they're like oh he'll get over it you know yeah like yeah. unless it's coming from the client and the client has been visibly upset and you you convincing them that they've been victimized right and, and if they're happy with what the decision they made and you telling them hey you know they you need to you know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah. try to convince them that they were victimized, but maybe they're happy with what they chose. Maybe they chose, maybe they changed their plan for a dumb reason. Maybe it has like a better gym benefit, right? And their no, hospital coverage sure. got, and their hospital copay got doubled, but they don't care. That's their decision. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to, to go back to the life insurance side of it, right? Like a cash value policy, right? Um, there's times where a client will cancel a great cash value policy because they just want that cash. And then the agent does right. And, and you know what, even though on paper that might look like fraud, right? They canceled a great policy and then they took out a crappy policy because they're 10 years older, the premium's way higher, the coverage amounts less, right? There's times where that beneficiary was just in a situation where they wanted that money. They wanted that cash value. So they pulled it and they decided they wanted to cancel it. Maybe the agent, you know, could have done a better job. It's their fiduciary duty, arguably, that they should have, you know, maybe done a better job trying to inform them to keep the policy they have. But at the end of the day, it, it is the beneficiary that makes the decision, right? So I feel good about the explanations. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Anything else we should we should cover here with the compliance police? I think, you know, I'll, I'll kind of tailor this into my final thoughts even because yeah. um, my final thoughts, I think on this guys would be, you know, stop worrying so much what other people are doing and worry more about what you're doing. 
right? Like, unless you're seeing your clients actively being victimized and you can prove it. Yep. Don't worry about it. Right. Cause like things are not always as they seem. And unless you were in the appointment, you really don't know what really happened. Um, and I think if you, I mean, some people lose sleep overnight over this stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're just obsessed and they're just like so mad. Like they took my client unethically, go get five more. Cause chances are, I mean, 99% chance your client agreed to it. Now, maybe they weren't told everything about the policy. That I'm sure that happens plenty, um, but they still should have called you if they were loyal to you. They should have checked with you, right? Like part of this is on them, right? Like, um, and I, I feel like people, it, it kind of relates to another episode we did recently about like time wasting. I think there's so many ways to waste your time in this business. And this is a prime example of it. Like just assessing over losing a client here or there guys, you just need to have a mentality of, I need more clients, take care of the ones that I got. If somebody leaves, maybe I'll try to do something to get them back. You know, if I'm able to, if it's in my scope of compliance, right. Compliance police. Um, (laughs) But, but you know, some of you guys just, it's true you, though. You, you spend too much time thinking about the wrong things, right? Like the, all the time you take trying to fix something and get back one client, you could have maybe gotten six new ones. I think, um, yeah, you know, I guess I'll jump into some, some of my final thoughts too. So I operate a virtual call center, you guys. Compliance is on all sides of me. TCPA compliance, DNC compliance, um, and then Medicare, you know, now you got CMS compliance. I mean, there's, and then there's state specific compliance on top of federal compliance. I mean, there are so many layers to this. Okay. Um, and we try to do everything we can to go out of our way to be as compliant as possible as just as much as I'm sure Christian does the same thing in his insurance agency, right? I'm sure he goes out of his way to be as compliant as possible. Yes. You know, um, that being said, there's always the possibility that something could happen, right? And I'm going to give a quick example with my final thoughts. So I know someone who was targeting businesses. They were trying to sell, um, I think it was group health, okay? And they got a list of businesses and they're going through and they're calling these, they're cold calling the businesses. There's no DNC for businesses, right? You can call businesses. Well, they end up getting someone's personal number that was listed with the business. And that person was so upset that they end up suing that agent and that agent ends up trying to fight it and they end up having to pay the fine. And, you know, I like to tell that story because it's such a great example of someone who was trying to do everything they can to stay compliant. They still got an issue still came up and they had to deal with it. So, you know, be careful, follow the rules, do everything you can, and don't lose your cool if a situation like that happens, right? I mean, again, we're doing everything in our power to be as compliant as possible, opt-in data, scrubbing against blacklists of professional plaintiffs, you know, doesn't mean that we could potentially have an issue like that down the road. Yeah, sure. I mean, people sue each other over anything, you know? So you, you got to be careful. Um, but you know, give these other agents benefit of the doubt. I feel like nine times out of 10, like I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but feels like nine times out of 10, an agent was just trying to do their job and, and they made a mistake. So those are my final thoughts, you guys. I appreciate everybody 
watching Taco Tuesday, listening to Taco Tuesday on on any platform you can find podcasts. You can listen to Taco Christian. What episode? We're what seventy plus episodes in at this point. I believe so. I don't know exactly which episode we're on. To be honest, I don't know either. Yeah, I mean we are cranking them out, and it's and it's 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 a wonderful, beautiful thing. Go back, guys. Listen, listen circle back a lot of this stuff is evergreen content it's information that comes up over and over stuff that's not going to change anytime soon you can go back you can binge watch or listen any of these episodes we've had some terrific guests on as well go back listen watch let us know what you think and feel free to comment below you know Mm -hmm. shoot us a message yep um if you like this episode and you're watching on youtube like comment subscribe notification bell you know the drill um leave us a five-star review if you love our content on any other platform and until next time guys we'll see you next tuesday keep tacoing keep writing insurance but both in um great volume